God spake unto Noah and to his sons with him, saying, And I, behold, I establish my covenant with you, and with your seed after you, and with every living creature that is with you, of the fowl, of the cattle, and of every beast of the earth with you, from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth. And I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood, neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass, when I bring a cloud over the earth, that the bow shall be seen in the cloud, and I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you, and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh, and the bow shall be in the cloud. And I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, This is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. And the sons of Noah that went forth of the ark were Shem and Ham, Ham, and Jepheth, and Ham is the father of Canaan. These are the three sons of Noah, and of them was the whole earth spread. And Noah began to be an husbandman. And he planted a vineyard, and he drank of the wine, and was drunken, and he was uncovered within his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father, and told his two brethren without. And Shem and Japheth took a garment, and laid it upon both their shoulders, and went backward, and covered the nakedness of their father, and their faces were backward. And they saw not their father's nakedness. And Noah awoke from his wine, and knew what his younger son had done unto him. And he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. God shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. And Noah lived after the flood three hundred and fifty years, and all the days of Noah were nine hundred and fifty years, and he died. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done, on earth as that is in heaven. Give us this day our bread, and lead us not into temptation, and deliver us from evil. Forgive us our sins, for we have forgiven our debtors, 
Have us pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And ever. Amen. We can be, and plenty of us are quick, to accuse God of the issues, and even believers are struggling sometimes, and they just wondering what is he playing at what is his intention and why does he allow so much suffering well the Lord is trying to recreate us he says we become new creations so he is reconstructing us and there is pain involved with that at times a contradiction in the holy bible in the new testament in galatians would be god says that we are to utilize consuming and producing the fruits of joy and long-suffering those are contradictions any Christian who says otherwise is struggling with lying so what is God playing at? Why would he tell us to be of joy and long suffer? And how are we supposed to do those two things? Even separately, let alone simultaneously. How do you, how do you do them? We all have suffered, but do we long suffer? Are we willing to put on the spiritual man? and produce the fruit of long suffering and then the question is this is he going to determine that we accomplish long suffering or are we going to tell the Lord when we have accomplished long suffering so what God is playing at is listed throughout the Holy Bible from beginning to end. From Genesis, he tried to establish relationship with mankind, and he tried to establish relations between mankind. So his aim is to connect with us. He wants to connect with us. <clears throat> he says, we have all struggled because we the world knew him not. And we have to resist being of this world that we can actually know him. What does being of this world look like? There are things that are obvious to some of us. And then there's the challenges. Now we have to go to one of the major challenges right away. Some of the worldliness is literally being produced by the churches all around the world. <clears throat> the message is for Christians 
right? This is for people. The message, it's not just for Christians. That's not true. The message is for people as well, Christians and non-Christians. But he is calling us to be his new creations. That means he has to build us. He has to reconstruct us. And he's going to accomplish that through a variety of things. There is manifold suffering and there is manifold grace. Manifold meaning diverse, various. There is various suffering. There is various grace for that suffering. One of the things God does is he attempts to connect with us and he tells us through scripture that he is attempting to make an everlasting covenant with anybody who will see holiness that it needs to be pursued and we are to purpose purity in our hearts God gives us a beautiful holy rainbow and he looks upon the rainbow too when you see that rainbow if you think God isn't looking at the same rainbow you just don't understand the scripture tells you he's looking at the same rainbow and he's offering that's a token you take that token to the to the slot machine that is the holy bible and you plug that rainbow token into it and you get paid so you need to resist a lot especially yourselves you have to you have to you have to not assume everything's happened in your life for a reason you you have to give to him the service that he's calling us to there are things that he wants out of our lives <clears throat> So, let's discuss this covenant, and let's discuss these things that seem like contradictions that are not. He makes the covenant with everyone and everything. Anybody is welcome to this covenant. You have to then stop doing not just certain things. You have to stop doing certain things. You have to stop doing plenty of things. The things that you are certain about doing, that you should be doing, or that you just think that you're supposed to be into. Even those things that are certain things. You're so certain about those things. You have to go, I guess I was wrong. And then there are plenty of things you have to stop that get brought into that your into into there into that arena into your life and and you have to decide that isn't going to help me serve god how that's how you have to look at your things does this thing assist you with serving god and if it has none of his purposes that meaning it can't fulfill any of his purposes, then be 
in the spirit of truth and judgment and remove that thing or even a person from your life. Don't have to condemn them and judge them a certain thing. You have to judge the deeds and the principles that they adhere to and then walk away from them as they adhere to those things. Not you're not walking from them, you're really walking away from the principles and the and the deeds that are bad because they need a change. You're not really sending that person away from it. and you can even like say, "Hey, I'm going to exit this relationship to a degree." And they might go, "Nope, it's it's not how it's going to be. It's over." Well, they that then that's their call. They can be brash. They can be rash. They can be hasty because it is a good thing if you go, "Hey, I'm going to exit this relationship to a degree." I don't want to have nothing to do with you, but I do need this to be altered. Being a Christian does not mean not having struggles. And, you know, the world would go, where's your God? All them struggles you got. They are foolish enough to believe that by choosing Jesus, we think that they think that we should think that if we choose Jesus, then all of our struggles should be wiped away. And because that's not what goes down, Christians are fools. They want... God to just clean up the mess that they made and God's going nope it's gonna get a little painful this is for you and and, and for all of us it's not just it's not just so he can watch you be struggling he watches you rise above it and claims you as one of his he goes yeah the rise above it types that choose my son are mine why do they rise above it they choose my son even when they think this I cannot do anymore or even when the world encourages them or I should say discourages them from having a relationship with him I have had many people tell me I'm taking this Jesus stuff too far. I am too consistent. It's unhealthy. It's not supposed to be practiced every day, they think. It's suppo- it's it you need a balance. Strike a balance. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was an <clears throat> unexpected let me say this this balance business the world says that we're supposed to strike in christianity one we do not do yin and yang for multiple reasons one jesus christ did not encourage us to yin and yang the other reason we do not do yin and yang it is not true 
it isn't true. People think, well, no, no, no. The scripture says there's there's always uh, opposition in things. That does not mean opposition in things does not mean there must be evil. Think about it. Here's why we don't do yin and yang and why it's not true. Are you telling me that Satan, the adversary, balances God's power? Are you trying to tell me that the adversary has equal dark power? His dark power is equal in strength to God's purity and power? And because it isn't equal and therefore doesn't balance God's awesome power, that means yin and yang is incorrect, untrue. There is not a balance to God. There is no force that can possibly oppose him. They end up losing. Therefore, yin and yang is incorrect. The realm, the essence, the spirit of yin and yang. Excuse me. The spirit of yin and yang has a tiny bit of truth. Not the practice of yin and yang. The spirit of yin and yang has a tiny truth. There is good and there is evil. And that's enough truth to sell yin and yang for thousands of years. And they've been selling it for thousands of years and it is untrue. It's bad water. Do not drink it.
let's talk about not using alcohol for a moment. I'm a user. I believe it's useful. I believe it's a medicine. And if applied correctly, there is a soothing for the belly. And then it goes to the edge removal that we seek. Sometimes we just need the edge removed, not the pain, the edge. So, if Noah was considered just in the eyes of, of the Lord and his generations, why is he drinking? Was drunken. He didn't just sip a little bit. He actually drank so much that he consumed until drunken. And he drank of the wine and was drunken. And he was uncovered within his tent. Does this mean that Noah wasn't actually just and God is wrong? Nay, nay. This means that men partake of things and sometimes get themselves into trouble. Noah put himself in this position by drinking too much. However, let's go further. Is it only because of alcohol or did Noah incorrectly rear his son? Ham chose to do something that caused him to get in trouble. He's in trouble with his father Noah. <clears throat> And Noah curses him. Cursed. It says that Ham, the father of Canaan. And it says here that Noah curses his son. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father. And told his two brethren without. And Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father and their faces were backward. They never laid eyes on him. And they saw not their father's nakedness. And Noah awoke from his wine, even coming out of a stupor had knowledge that it was Ham. That is called spiritual discernment, and Noah had it. And he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, shall he be unto his brethren. He is a servant to the servants. And the servants are busy. So, we are... This is interesting. He decided... <clears throat> he demoted him. That's what happened there. He, demo- he demoted him and told him that he would work to serve 
and serve and serve. And it was good for him. It was part of his necessary... It was what would correct him. And Noah saw to it. We could say that... So Noah, who drank too much and didn't rear Ham correctly to not behave like that. But then, instead of exiling his son, he says, you're going to work for us more than you ever have before. You are going to work for us more now than you ever have. You're not going anywhere. You're staying right here and you're going to work. <clears throat> and he said, blessed be the Lord God of Shem. So then he blesses God after he curses and demotes his son he blesses God still. So Noah's just. Just because he drank some alcohol and got drunk and then his son behaved poorly and it seemed and we're supposed to be ble- we're supposed to bless people not curse them, but this is not what happened here. Noah woke up. God empowered him even in his waking from a stupor to know. And then using that what God gave him said, "You're now going to work for us." And it's his son, so he's allowed to do that. So he told his son, you're going to work hard. And the drudging of that bludgeoning will remove the spirit of air. It will. Some people need the bludgeon of drudging. And one day, voila, they are no longer kin to the spirit of air so let us choose being corrected even stepping into long suffering and joy a mixture that the world would call us bipolar because we are long suffering and we are with joy They would even call us masochists. They would say we are indoctrinated, which is the opposite because we're in the doctrine. So just buckle up and be ready for immaturity. And even when you do something immature, bless God afterwards. Bless the Father in heaven. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as that is in heaven. Give us this day our bread and lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. Forgive us our sins for we have forgiven our debtors. Have us pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever.